All right, so two things we're going to cover tonight. Uh, the digital frontier, why um, media and internet and social media is valuable in church building. And then also we're going to talk about bridging the gap, which I think is a huge uh, topic, the gap between the younger and the older. And uh, that really is a big deal, okay? But I want to talk about this um, uh, social media for a minute. I want to give you a couple interesting stats uh, because we're very much in a digital age, aren't we? Okay, everyone have a everyone have an iPhone or some sort of like smartphone, right? I mean, my phone seems to be smarter than me, right? It's amazing. Um, so sometimes we can, uh, depending on how old we are, and I don't mean to pull that card, but typically people that are over forty tend to have a little bit more of a um, more of a difficulty than someone that maybe grew up with technology, okay? So think about this. The internet came out in 1996. How old were you in 1996? Three years old? Who said that? Oh, my gosh. We got a little baby. We got a baby in the house. Okay. I wasn't born yet. Okay, you weren't even born. Now I'm feeling old, right? Okay. So the mode of... Communication really was uh, telephone, um, newspaper, te uh, television. Television came out in the 50s. Um, it's amazing that the content of the New York Times was like, uh, there's a lot of content in that that, that was like, uh, that helps people with information. But now the content of the New York Times is like, it's like a breath. We can read that and have, have that much information at our fingertips. So we can't demonize technology, okay? We have to learn it. I'm just going to start there. We have to learn it. Because in our complex cultural age, the screen is actually a blessing if we know how to use it. I think that's the, I think that's the point, right? Mm -hmm. we got to know how to use it. Um, now... Our kids are growing up. My, my kid knows how to work my phone uh, very easily. Like it did, the swipe technology, the whole app, the whole app mindset. Um, that's something we had to learn. Uh, but it comes natural to um, this generation. And it's good because like anything used properly, it can be very much of a blessing. Anything that's used incorrectly can be very powerfully uh, destructive, right? So boundaries are really important. So think about there. It's a there's a approximately seven billion people in the world. Now just listen to these stats for a minute. Uh, Three billion of those people are on social media. Okay. In the last sixty seconds, one million people logged onto Facebook. Three point eight million searches were made on Google. Four point five million videos were viewed on YouTube. This is 60 seconds. 350,000 users were scrolling through Instagram. And we haven't even talked about TikTok, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing here. But. So the, the, per, the average person typically touches their cell phone 2,600 times a day. And actually that number is probably higher. 2,600 times, right? The studies have found that the extreme cell phone users, which is the top 10%, touches their phone 
more than 5,400 times a day. Okay. Now, I just want you to process those numbers for a minute. That is ridiculous. Okay. Yes. That's, that's an addiction, isn't it? It's really an addiction. So, um, but our phones are a huge blessing. They are, there's enough technology. There's enough uh, ability. Actually, there's more smarts in that phone than the rocket that went to the moon. I think it was Apollo 11. There was, there's more uh, technology and in that phone than what was the technology that sent Apollo 11 to the moon. Okay, crazy. Or is it Apollo 13? One, one of those. So how do we use it for the glory of God? How do we use it for the glory of God? Well, first of all, we have to understand, and I want, to, I want us to look here in Colossians 3.16, um, that it is a great tool for the gospel. So like anything, there's a, uh, there's a way to use it and there's a way not to use it, okay? There's what's called social media etiquette. So, uh, but I want to look at that in a minute. But for instance, uh, you may um, think about the statistics. 90% of your people are going to look at your website before they walk in your door. Okay, so a website or a launch page. Unfortunately, we're in an age where people are skeptical, cynical. So they will look at your site. They will listen to your message. They will critique you and I, right? Because the perception is, is suspicion, unfortunately. So having a website will help people understand who you are and what you're about. Because the most important thing we have is our message. Our message is our method. Okay? Our message. And everywhere we go, the grace message is rare and it's precious. Right? It's rare and it's precious. So, YouTube, having videos... Uh, let me go through a couple things here. Blogs. Do you know what blogs are? <clears throat> What's a blog? Here, hon. The person who, uh, it's belong to pers one person, is, uh, he or she personally shared that his thought, his content on that blog. Good. That you have. Okay. For the MBCs. Yeah, we have an M Yeah, we do. Actually, during the pandemic, our media pres presence grew 50%. It's our audience grew 50%. In the, in the media uh, during the pandemic, and it's one of the things that we write our blogs, little short stories or um, snippets that have a doctrinal point and people can read on the go, right? Uh, podcasts, what's a podcast? What's a podcast? Yeah, I have a podcast, yes. <laughs> I'm yeah, I mean, I mean, I do it live, but <clears throat> it's archived. It's interrevolution.us. And but what what is a podcast? It's like radio. It's like radio, but it's a little bit more version of it. You are sharing your you record the the voice message. Okay. You are sharing in your profile, and people can download the app. I was studying IT, so. Okay. <laughs> 
So, so a podcast is like, it's a pod cast. It's like, it's a, it's a short, again, media clip of a thought. Uh, again, some casts are short and some are long. Typically, the sweet spot of a cast is about 20, 24 minutes, but some people go longer. But again, it's something uh, that you can listen to on your device. It's something you can uh, sync in your car. It's, again, short media clips. Okay? Very, very powerful, right? Who, uh, who watches TV in this room? Just curious. Okay, one person. Two people. I'm not anti-TV, uh, but it, it shows a point. I don't watch TV anymore. I stream everything. I stream everything, right? Because it's no commercials, well, less commercials, but it's also controlled content. Very important. Uh, how about e-books? What's an e-book? Electronic book. Good, yeah. Kindle, right? Again, it's something that you don't... Have, I remember I used to love this. Uh, you don't have to carry... 16 suitcases of books, you can carry your phone, right? And I love studying online. Some people need a book, but again, the digital age is very uh, concise and very convenient. Uh, how about, uh, of course, photos, articles, infographics, newsletters, vlogs, video logs, uh, how-to guides, uh, downloadable. That's one of the things that, you know, on our website... The big words are free, uh, accessible, accessible, and uh, downloadable. Okay. We want people to have our material. Okay. This is so important because the purpose of social media is, yes, connections, but more importantly, you're getting your message out to people that you don't see or you don't know. I mean, how many people, uh, I mean, Messenger and WhatsApp. WhatsApp is an incredible um, uh, tool. Uh, I think of Skype. I think of Zoom. How many people use Zoom? I mean, Zoom is awesome, right? None of this takes the place of face-to-face, -face, but it is a great tool to reach somebody like you're chatting, I was chatting with somebody in Kiev, Ukraine. I'm doing a, doing a video conference call with somebody in, um, uh, where was it? Korea. So it's like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Technology is amazing if it's used correctly. So when you have your church or your ministry, uh, you want to have what you have. Let's say you wrote a book or let's say you have Pastor's Corner or let's say you want to connect your youth group and you have online small groups. Um, very important to have shareable links, shareable uh, media that's free, okay? That's accessible, okay? And it's downloadable. Okay, you want these things so that people can catch what your message is. And what happens, like we said last week, is uh, your, your audience grows, okay? And then, okay? And then synergy happens, right? These people tell three people, right? Mm -hmm. And so on and so forth. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, just on our website alone, uh, we video all our services. And there are hundreds of hits. I mean, we have Grace Hour. How many people know we have an online radio? And on, on the radio station as well. Uh, Missions Monday. Every Monday we talk to our missionaries. 
and do practical seminars on there. And we have interactive uh, interviews. All of this, I mean, four million people, and some have, some statistics said five million, five billion people are on the internet. Okay, and that, that crazy. And our kids, how do we reach the next generation? Well, they are on their phones. So, I mean, what's important, of course, is to make sure the phones have filters, right? Because just with the good stuff, the devil's right at the door, right? Filters, boundaries, and understanding the purpose of why we have what we have. YouTube channel, right? YouTube. It's great. It's amazing. Thousands and thousands of people that you may never see, you will never meet, but they are listening and watching your content. It's amazing. So the world really... I think through media, internet, social media, it is uh, being reached. Okay, and the young people, I mean, they, you know, they are glued to their phones, and that, that is a. By the way, if you have small kids, I don't know how many people have small kids, or maybe when you get married, you'll have small kids. Is really have a leash on that on that device, right? Parental controls. Uh, there's so much to say about that to make sure it's a blessing and an addition, and that it doesn't steal from FaceTime. It doesn't steal from family time. It doesn't steal from uh, quiet time. All right. Uh, we, you know, we can say, uh, you know, sharing, sharing uh, videos on, on, like, for instance, we did a digital Bible school in Delaware, and this is how we started during the pandemic. And uh, today we have uh, 17 students in Delaware. How did it start? We had one uh, online class, and then we had two remote teachers. I taught, and Pastor Bruce Wright taught. And then we were ministering to people, yes, in Delaware, but people from Argentina and Canada, and all these people were tuning into that. But now today we have 17 students from Delaware, right? And it started really, or it grew through, uh, through uh, Zoom. Also, my brother, I remember when he was in Philly, uh, and again, I want to make sure I say this correctly. I believe in evangelism, right? Absolutely. Uh, but what he did, he did something a little different. He, he actually, uh, there, was, there was these little activity uh, groups called um, Meetup. Anybody heard of Meetup? Anybody? Okay, so it's, it's different groups online that, that congregate base, based on interest, you have the bicyclist group, you have the vegan group, you have the uh, Christians over here. You... So my brother did a seminar, a relationship seminar on how to have a healthy relationship. Okay, just something simple. And he posted that in the media, in this media group, and 50 new people showed up. 50. He didn't pass out one track. He didn't make one phone call. He prayed a lot. But he put it in one... Uh, chat room, right? And 50 people came. <laughs> okay. So the purpose of social media is not to take the place of FaceTime, but it is to gather people together that you and I uh, don't necessarily know, that won't necessarily open their door. It's amazing how many people hide behind their computer. It's kind of, it's not good. But if your content is provoking and biblical and grace-oriented and relevant, they're going to show up. They're going to they're gonna say... You've got something I want to hear. You've got something I want to learn about. You've got something that I need to know. Okay? It's amazing. All right? So I want to just say something about the website here. Uh, we did this in Frederick. And, um, it's, again, having a shareable link or a QR code 
or something that you can beam one with another or you can uh, do the scan. It is so valuable. You know, you've seen this thing online where you text this number, uh, these, this four-digit, five-digit number, and it sends you a link, again, that makes it accessible, easy, downloadable, free, and then information. We're in such an informational age where information is power. It really is. So you and I are competing in one sense, and I, I don't want to use that word, and I want to use it in a limited way. We're not competing with Hollywood or the devil or these things, but we are competing for people's attention. We're competing for people's energy and time. People have a little window of time. So a website, what are some things that should be on our website? Let's say you're planting a church, you're new to the area. What do you think people are going to want to know about you? What do you believe? Okay, what do you believe? That's actually the top one. Who we are. Okay, who we are. What else? Mission and vision. Mission and vision. Excellent. Location, very good. All right, when are we gathering? Excellent, good. Events, okay. Okay, so that's a big one, our sermons. We just recently came across uh, something called Anchor FM, anchor.fm, and it's a great platform for podcasts. You can, and by the way, if you're going to have messages, you should record your messages. Now, if you're going to preach and you're a leader, you should record your messages. And why do I say that? It's because people are not going to remember what you preached on. It's a, psychology says you, you have to hear something 37 times to only really grasp 10%. So if you're up there preaching your heart out, and then just try it. A week later, say, okay, what did I preach on last week? Two days later, what did I preach on? <clears throat> it's like they remember, and it's not a fault to anybody. It's just life is packed us solid. So one thing that we do in Frederick, Delaware, also in the Ukraine, is we would always record our messages and then promote them. Okay, and I love what Pastor Dennis does. He sends a link, and it brings you to Spotify, and it's a free, accessible lesson. And you know what? We encourage people to listen again, listen again. Listen again, because repetition, oh my goodness, repetition, rehearsing is going to bring remembrance, okay? So record your message. Just say, maybe you're like, I don't preach very good, or that wasn't a good message, or I'm not sure if I want anyone to hear that message. Don't even do that. Just do it well, be professional, but record your messages, okay? You know why? Because it's just like writing a book. It's just like writing a book. It'll go where you can't go. It'll go to people you'll never meet. And thirdly, it'll it'll outlast you. It'll outlast you. It's very interesting. I have an interesting story. I've written a few books, and uh, I had given it to somebody. Uh, I gave this book to somebody that was traveling over to Asia, and they were on the plane, and they gave it to somebody that was from India. And apparently, this person read the book, and they were... I guess, hired at the um, Homeland Security in the United States. And they read the book and they got, they got saved. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Like, I never met this person. I don't even know where the book is today. But apparently one of my books uh, was provoking enough for that person to uh, pursue and follow on and get saved. So you just never know. You just never know what you are going to say or do 
or your message. The message is everything, okay? All right. So a website. What else? What else are we doing with a website? Yvonne. Just a question about the message. We always record, but should we always put them online? Because um, um, sometimes it can like uh, push people not to come to church, but you know, oh, the you know the men's meeting is online, so I won't go. You know, like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, there's two schools of thought. I mean, yes, you can record it and just have it like as a CD or on a thumb drive, or you can make it downloadable. Um, you mean make it, edit it, clean it up, make sure it's it's not like painful to listen to, right? But that that's actually been a very uh, controversial topic. Like, do we want an online presence? Will it replace the um, you know people from com people coming? And I'll have to say this: the answer is no, it won't. Like I thought that way, and then we've been watching the numbers over the years. And certainly it may replace it for some, but for the majority, it's a convenience. Let's say someone is sick. Let's say someone's a shut-in. People listen to it on the phone. They watch it online. So it's a convenience. We can put the audio version. It's yeah, perfect. you can put the audio version. Yeah, you can if, do that. If you don't want to show, show your church, because you don't want people come to church just because of something outside they see. Yeah. If you want, they come for just a message. Yeah. Because that also can be tricky. Because people nowadays they're looking for the the church, the, the place that you know. But the, they they need the really message, actually. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about is this taking the place of them being in church because you want it accessible, and really, you want the people that are hungry and disciples that will come. But I can't tell you how many people watch. Like if you tune into our service on Facebook, like we're on Facebook, uh, we're on YouTube, we're on Venmo, Venmo, Vimo, Vimo, not Venmo. <laughs> Venmo's pretty good too, but uh, the, we're on a lot of platforms and it's amazing. Thousands of people are tuning in and really it's it's the birth, like our, our um, here's a great testimony. So our contacts in Atlanta came through a Facebook post, through a Facebook post. I was on Facebook and by the way, I learned a lot of information about people's lives on Facebook because they won't tell you face to face. But we have different groups like a call to anguish or prayer groups or Christian groups or people's feed. Like I have close to 5000 friends. So unfortunately, I hear and see a lot, but it has greatly affect, helped my ministry. Yeah. It's great. It, I mean, Facebook used correctly is a great way to pray and a great way to reach out in need. I, I can't tell you how many times I've learned something on Facebook before someone gives me a call. So uh, I don't know if you like that or not, but it's the way it is. It's, I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. People are not going to call you up and pour their heart out at you. I mean, it's rare. It's rare. All right, so the website, if I could say that's, that's a, that's a no-brainer, having a website. And have a, a launch page is having one page and have all your information accessible, have links to uh, sample your messages, share who you are, what you're doing, and uh, have it shareable, okay? All right, look at Col Colossians 3.16 with me. Um, <clears throat> so again, we are wanting people to be saturated with the Word of God. So let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, 
uh, and websites, singing with the grace of God in the heart of the Lord, okay? No, just kidding. Layers. I want you to think in layers. Just like you'd go out into the winter. Uh, I remember being in the Ukraine. I was freezing all the time because I just had this big down coat. And then someone said, you know, you're not, you're not going to be, you got to have layers. Okay, you got to have layers. You got to, and so I was like, okay. So I learned how to wear three and four things, light things, and I was so much warmer. It's the same thing in the social media world or in the media world. You want to have layers of encouragement, layers of messages, layers of connections, layer of contact points, okay? Now, etiquette says, here's a couple etiquette points that's very, very important, okay? Be kind. That's the number one rule. Be kind. Um, uh, You may not have a good experience online, and that's okay. But we are thinking about the next generation, right? Mm -hmm. And really, we can't avoid it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's on their phones. So if we're going to be on social media, we want to be kind. Let's say, and this has happened, people will debate you. This age that we live in is an age of questioning. Okay, So I don't want to, if someone's got a question, let's say I post something like, Jesus is coming soon, right? And then someone says, oh, they've been saying that for 2,000 years, you know. My response will be kind. Amen? That's true. That's right. (laughs) But everyone is watching what you post. So if you turn around and blast that person, guess what? Everyone's going to see it. Okay. So be kind. Number two, be a gatherer. Be a gatherer. Come and see. Come and see. We can be creative uh, and, and really say, hey, listen, like uh, I answer a lot of the chats for the Greater Grace World Outreach Facebook page, and people write all kinds of questions and, you know, needs and tele- need telephone. It's like after a while that you've been maybe going back and forth with someone, pick up the phone and gather, you know, say, hey, let's meet and talk. Let's meet and actually uh, not hide behind our computer, right? Number three, be a resource. Be a resource. Uh, Again, it's not just to, um, like, you can do all kinds of things. You can have um, just different subject matters, and uh, you can uh, be, you can give away a lot of things to help people be more effective in their ministry. Number four, a big one, initiate a face-to-face meeting. I had a lady uh, send a chat about a, about a church member, and she said some things, and I realized I got to call her and talk to her. So I called her, and she had a lot to say, and I said, hey, let's meet. So we're always fostering a face-to-face meeting, okay? And don't argue. Like, try to refrain from arguing. Like, someone posted a question and it had over 3,000 responses. And I like printed it out. It was like 18 pages on Facebook. Or 18 pages of... It's like, that's, that's insanity, right? It's insanity. But it was a hot topic. Okay? So the biggest thing is, we're not here to argue. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. If you don't agree with me, it's okay. God bless you and have a nice life. But uh, and by the way, we're not there to persuade people. That's the work of the Spirit. Yes. And then remember, everyone sees you and what you write. Nothing. You can delete it, but it's still there. All right? So etiquette, etiquette, etiquette. I mean, I, I, I saw a post one time where a pastor was reacting to somebody and, like, 
criticizing them. And um, if you heard Pastor Schaller, I mean, he's very uh, quick to say, be very careful. I mean, social media can be awesome, uh, but it can also be um, a trap. All right. So I love this. The digital age, the digital age. So we're not going to demonize it. We're not going to say that all cell phones are from the devil, right? Right? By the way, who who knows how to build websites? Okay. How old are you, Aaron? 20. 30. Good. Who else knows how to build websites? Only one person. Okay. You got some work to do. <laughs> I would say this. Play around with it. Uh, get a young person in your church. Usually someone that's 18 to 25 can do it like in their spare time. But I learned the hard way. I just played with it. I just, I talked to people. I talked to graphic designers. I just talked to people. Like, and it can be simple and professional, but it's also something that you have something to give. It's accessible. It's not complicated. It's user-friendly. Like how many have been on our website? How many have been on our website? Greater Grace. How many have been to our website? What What do you think of the website? Awesome. I think it's simple, straightforward. Yeah. Straightforward, simple. It's straightforward and simple. Okay. Accessible. And there's a lot I mean, of links. Easy to use. Easy to go on. <laughs> <laughs> everything. A lot right. of content. It is better than before because yeah, yes, before it, it is. It's really hard to find everything. Did you build it? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. No. Seb is a whiz. Seb does a great job. But you're right. Before it was like archaic. It was Dragonian in some regards. But like the header, very important. Pictures, right? Very important. It's like a kid reading a book. You know, where are the pictures? Yeah, there's bios on there. There's tabs. There's links. There's media. There's pastor singing every morning. It's so good. I mean, like Pastor Schaller. I love that. He does a, a video log every day, right? He is talking about the Bible and some provoking thoughts. It, it can be upwards of six to ten minutes. And you're listening on that in your earphones, your RSS feed. You're just there. And it's so much better. It takes the place of listening to the news or some uh, talking head that will depress you, maybe. <laughs> Good. Do you like the media on there? We've got over 5,000 messages on that media tab. Wow. 5,000. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. All right, let's shift for a minute, okay? Any questions on that? By the way, if you don't know how to do this, get with a young person or get with somebody like Erhan. Uh, and it's, it is not, it's not difficult. hundred bucks. Look at that. Okay. You just failed the class. No. <laughs> hey, a Facebook page. Anybody have a Facebook page here? How many people have a Facebook page? Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, GoFundMe. Anybody do the, do the GoFundMes? Okay. I would just say, again, you're building attendance, you're building exposure, you're building uh, credibility. Uh, you don't need a Cadillac, but play with it a little bit because, and I'm telling you, because I work with InReach and I talk with new people every day, 
and nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 people tell me they've been on our website. How'd you find us? I, I Googled you. Really? That's awesome. So it's worth our time. It is, it is valuable. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, I want to I shift into something. We're going to spend the rest of the class on it here on um, <clears throat> bridging the generational gap. And look at this in Ezekiel with me. Ezekiel. And I'll just say this. I'll close out with saying, I know it can be daunting, the, the whole media thing, like it takes time, <clears throat> but it's worth your time. And you don't need to be on every, you don't need to be on every single platform, but just do what you, just find, just find out where people are. Like, for instance, we, per, we do a lot of Facebook advertising in church. Like we, instead, we used to do this. Okay, we used to send out direct mail pieces, thousands of homes in our general area, thousands of homes, Okay. We found that we put an advertisement on Facebook and we targeted a demographic and people group and we had more results through the Facebook advertising than thousands of physical invitations that were put on doors. And it's cheaper. And it's cheaper. It's crazy cheap. What's it like 25 or 50 bucks? And it's like, it's like okay, I'm going to spend 50 bucks for, for this month and advertise our Easter play. We had a far better quantifiable, trackable uh, response. Facebook is a great advertiser. All right. Okay, I'm not here to promote Facebook. Okay. All right. Ezekiel 30, uh, Ezekiel 22. How many people, how many people believe there's a generational gap? Yeah. There's a couple of reasons for that. There's a couple of reasons for that. What do you mean generational gap? Like age group, like generations, like literally um, a 20-year-old comes into your church and they will look at your church, they'll think about your church, they'll hear what's going on in church very differently than a 40-year-old, a 50-year-old, a 60-year-old. And that's just normal. I mean, we're going to see all kinds of ages. So many churches are dying out because there's not many young people in their church. Okay. So how do we bridge that gap? Okay. It's a very important question, and it will determine the future of your church. So Ezekiel 22.30, who wants to read 22.30? So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. Okay. So God is looking for a person to stand in the gap, to be a bridge builder. When you look at a bridge, it's connecting two impasses, right? two places that were separated. Now, this is not rocket science, but, it, but intentionally, this is something we have to keep our eyes on because 
we don't want to cater to the young person to keep them in our church. We want young people to stay in our church because they love the message, right? But uh, I can't assume that a young person is going to process the same information that an older person is. Okay, so this is this is a challenge to fashion things in a way where the young person is ministered to, the middle age is ministered to, and the older person is is, is uh, ministered to. Uh, and I want to show you a couple of thoughts on, on how to do that. Uh, who wants to read 1 Timothy 4.12? If you want to turn there, 1 Timothy 4.12. First of all, this goes back to what we said earlier, is who is in your church? Who is in your church? What are the five aspects of the church? Who is in your church? Youth. youth. How are you reaching your youth? That's the question. Secondly, Singles, college age, okay? That's a big group. That's a lonely group. That's a transient group, okay? What's the third group? Married. 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 Marriages need a lot of support, a lot of investment, and a lot, and they're the backbone of your church. What's the fourth one? Married with children. Married with children, okay? Awesome. Again, they are the most typically the most stable part of your church usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the fifth one? Seniors. Seniors. Okay. Now you can have another people group, uh, like for instance, uh, middle aged or divorcees, or uh, these these can be added to, of course. But the seniors probably the one of the most experienced and valuable people in your church because they've walked through many. Um, you know, many valleys, right? Mm-hmm. What's First Timothy 4.12 say? Who wants to read that? Uh, go ahead, Andrew. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in the word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Ah, that's what I want. I'm looking for my notes. It's right over here. Okay. Don't, okay, this is the first thing that happens with the bridge, uh, the generational gap. A couple things. Number one, the perception of what you're trying to do might seem antiquated. It might seem old-fashioned. might seem old-school. Okay? Now, the number one thing we're doing in our ministry is we're proclaiming the message and we're discipling people unto Jesus Christ. But we can be very creative, like tonight we're doing movie night for families out in the freezing cold. That's, that's pretty uh, creative, right? Uh, I loved our harvest day, okay? You can have fun and do the will of God and be creative to include other people. It doesn't have to always be the lecture style. It can be, it can be the round table. It can be events driven, but it's also something that has a message, right? Because perception is a big deal. Just like our courts today, it's not necessarily true, how what they're going to grab a hold of, but it's, gonna, it's the perception of truth. Do you know what I'm saying? It's how you interpret it. And that is dangerous. It's very dangerous. Because, yes, your, your evidence is important, but it's the perception of truth that's usually grabbed a hold of. So a lot of times young people feel stereotyped. Okay, stereotyped. Like they may come into your church and they may see uh, an established group of people and the established group of people is like, this is the way we do it and that's it. We're not going to change it. Is that going to keep a young person? 
It won't. doesn't mean I need to change everything, but it does mean that I have to have a listening ear because maybe God is sending that person, a spirit-filled young person, I'm saying, that may give you a creative edge to reach other young people because this is the bottom line. Young people are going to reach young people. <laughs> okay, They're going to do it. I'm not going to reach a young person. I'm not going to reach a 20-year-old. I might. They might respect you. They may uh, value what they're saying. They may get something from you. But you know what? A young person typically will um, beget other young people. So, again, established uh, churches are amazing. But I also want to make room for a young person. I asked one pastor, I said, what's been the most effective outreach you've ever had in your ministry? You know what he said to me? A pancake breakfast. I said, okay, talk to me for a minute. Tell me about that pancake breakfast. I said, he said, I had 20 people out for a men's pancake breakfast. I said, when was the last time you did it? Oh, I haven't done it since. I'm like, what are you doing? You do what works, right? If it works, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean we do a pancake breakfast every week. But again, if it works, if it's drawing people, do it once a month and you'll be the size of this room, right? All right. So the la- lack of flexibility, that's the third one. Lack of flexibility. So a young person or Generation Z, uh, and I believe... Uh, we have to be very careful with labeling people because that's not what we want to do. Like this term millennialism, that is not a good term. It's not a good term. Uh, because the stereotyping or the perception is that we're young, that they are young and stupid, or young and entitled. Okay? So try to, we have to be very careful not to label people, you know? But we want them to know that they have a place. And we want to be flexible, amen? Amen. We want to listen. We want to learn. We want to trust them and maybe give them a piece of the action. That's why I love when pastor sees our young men up there preaching. Very edifying. Very different styles. I don't know about you. I got my first church when I was uh, 23. Okay? 23. That's like... That's like really risky, actually, you know. Uh, but my my brother moved back to the states. I was in the Ukraine, and all of a sudden, I got a, I got my brother's church. I'd served with him for a couple years, so I was thrown into the deep end right away. I didn't want to be a pastor. I just wanted to be a missionary, do my thing. All of a sudden, we had a church of a hundred people. Okay, we grew that church to two hundred and fifty people, right? Because the team and the training and the grace and mercy of God helped us do that. But the young person, right, to trust, and this is where training comes in. We don't want to just throw people at the wind, right? We want to train them and trust them, and then, of course, encourage them, right? Very, very important. Let me show you a couple of interesting verses on this. Um, So lack of flexibility, right? So let's say I'm in a rap, and and you just do do a message, and let's say a young person... And I don't need to put the emphasis on the young person because it can be an older person, right? An older person might say, hey, I don't want to change. Change is bad, right? It's predictable. It works. Why, why Why reinvent the wheel? Well, the answer is if you don't add to something, if you don't, if you're not creative with something, uh, 
people get familiar with it. You ever notice our church services here? Is any one of our church services the same? No. Are they? That's a question. Yes. They're not the same. I mean, there's basic elements that are the same, but Pastor Schaller is very spontaneous. He's calling people up for testimonies. He's he's preaching the message right after the song service, or he's doing a he's doing an intro here. He's He's uh, showing a video here. It's it's like you got it. It's variety is very good. Right? Even Bible, uh, even Bible verses, the family show on the screens, the worship uh, songs, the lyrics and background pictures. Yeah. Change. Yeah. <laughs> like it's good to have visual aids in your services, right? Have the Bible on the wall. I mean, how many people are bringing their Bible to church? You ever notice? Not many. Not many. Unfortunately, that's just the fact of life. It's like going to a shower without a bar of soap. It's like, what are we doing without our Bible? <laughs> it's on my phone. Really? Are you texting in church? At one point, we wanted people to people wanted to put jammers on our polls so people couldn't text and watch Facebook. <laughs> I was one of those guys. Let's jam it. Let's shut it all down. But pastors like, no, we we just we want people to use their apps and and it's great. Young people are everything's on their phone. They pay their bills on the phone. They. Their life is on their phone. That's why you ever see a young person without their phone? It's like panic, right? All right. Should we take a break? Are you okay for a few minutes? Want to take a break? We need a break? It's break time. Okay, let's pause, and then we're going to go into some scripture. Oh, let me just, let me just, qual- I got to finish in one second. Transitions. We're going to talk about transitions, and we're also going to talk about um, how sometimes if we're not flexible, people feel disqualified. So uh, that'll be a fun second half. Any questions? All right. Have a great... Let's, let's meet back in 10 minutes. All right. Amen. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do part two, and I want to kind of uh, reiterate a couple things. You ever call somebody and they just text you back? All the time. Yep. So we're in an age where maybe you rarely will reach them by phone, but mostly they'll probably respond via text. So again, we're, we're in a very disrespectful kind of communicative age because uh, it's very disrespectful. I mean, you got people using acronyms and you have to learn the, you have to learn the OMG, uh, BTW and uh, you know, O-M-O-N-W, all these different slangs, and um, it's almost like learning a, you know, different language, but this is how people communicate, you know, and, and Elon brings up a great point. Uh, social media or, or just your website is going to help keep people connected in your own church, like events, attendance, um, you know, again, messages. It's interesting, I was, we were watching, this is years ago, uh, I forget the gentleman's name. Remember, he had painted on his cheeks John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. Who was that? That was a um, Heisman Trophy winner, um, Tim, Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yes. Do you know nine million people Googled John three sixteen? So Google is here to stay. If we're if we're thinking this is just a fad, uh, technology is definitely uh, not to. It's not going to just be here today and gone tomorrow. So we're learning to engage our audience and uh, help people connect to the most important thing, which is the 
Message. Good. All right. All right. Let's turn to First Peter five five. So uh, I want to just talk again a little bit. We've been talking about how young people or people in your church may feel stereotyped, right? So we want to be careful of labeling their perception of you. They may warm up to you, right? Maybe some have been de-churched, so them coming back to church is a big deal, so you want to go slow and really uh, really listen to their story and identify with them, celebrate them, listen to them, so that they can learn to celebrate what you're excited about. We talked about flexibility, right? A young person comes in, okay? Typically, worship is what's going to draw a young person, right? Remember one guy, he was all about the drums, right? And the drum was his instrument or his, his thing. And it like dominated our whole, our whole music ministry. It's like, it's like we had to kind of like carefully work with him to actually complement the rest of the instruments. <laughs> it's not all about the drums, right? So that took some time. But a lot of young people are drawn by worship. Yeah. Okay. So contemporary music, I mean, I think music is very powerful. Some people want just the hymns, and I totally respect that. But variety, balance, reaching every people group in your church. Are you going to satisfy everybody? Mm-mm. You're not. Okay, right on. Okay. But you can have a variety, okay? Uh, sometimes we have the young people lead the whole service here, and that's awesome. They do the preaching, they do the offering, they do the music. But most of the time, it's a healthy blend. It's a healthy blend. And this is where we address the generational gap. And that is through blending. That's the word, blending. The young person learns to work with the older person. And the older person learns not to be afraid of the younger person and actually work with the younger person. Sounds funny, but it's real. It's very real. I tend to be in the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm not young and I'm not old. I'm in the middle. And I'm not making this an age thing. But I find myself doing a balancing act. Really, I do. Relating to the 20-year-old and then honoring the Mm 60-year-old and being patient. Because you you don't want to lose either of them. But it can't just be one extreme. It has to be a blend. All right, Let's, let me show you what I mean by that. First Peter 5.5, 5. believe you me, believe you me, transitions, transitions. This is, I think this is one of the most important things that we can learn when an older person is getting ready to see the Lord and they're transitioning their church to a younger pastor. I have seen it not go so well, mostly, right? And I've seen the younger person want to dismiss what the older person did and do it their way. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen churches fall apart both ways, okay, where the older person doesn't want to let go of their life legacy, and I, and I totally respect that. But then the younger person wants to change everything because it's, it's like they want something relevant and hip. They want to be the hipster. I remember one guy took over a church. He got rid of all the pews. He just made like a um, – he made a um, – like a, not a karaoke, but a uh, coffee house setup. So you walk in and everyone, it's one big round circle. I'm like, where'd the pulpit go? You know, and it's like you're just all in a circle. And the church was was mostly 60 years old and, and, and older. And this new pastor 
took over the church and made dramatic changes too quickly and literally lost the congregation. They were confused. So with any change, you do it slow and incremental, right? And you are flexible and you're blending. You're blending. You're taking what has been established and you're moving it in creative directions, but you're not losing the people that you already have in your church. Does that make sense? Let me show you a couple of verses. Who wants to read 1 Peter 5 5? I want to really drill this home. Okay, uh, go ahead, Daniel. 1 Peter 5 5. Likewise, you who are younger and of lesser rank, be subject to the elders, the ministers, and spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility as the garb of a servant, so that this covering cannot possibly be stripped from you. With freedom from pride and arrogance toward one another. For God sets himself against the proud, the insolent, the overbearing, the disdainful, the presumptuous, the boastful. And he opposes, frustrates, and defeats them, but gives grace, favor, and blessing to the humble. Okay, good. All right. What were the first few words of 1 Peter 5 5? You are younger, submit yourself to the oldest. Bingo. That's the bottom line, guys, right there. The young bucks. Chill out in one sense and then honor the older. Now, what do I mean by that? I don't mean to be brash here, but I mean exactly that. Is that the energy, the zeal, the, the, the enthusiasm, it's awesome. But guess what? You, you, don't, you don't want to run over your elders. <laughs> they need you and you need them, right? So the new ideas, and I've learned this the hard way personally. I work with Pastor Schaller on a daily basis, and I love ideas. Just ask Pastor Amir. We got like 15 of them every week. And Pastor Schaller is very wise in not quenching ideas, but also pacing ourselves, right? Pacing ourselves. So the young person, what is he doing? He is, or she is learning, and she is obviously, or he is adding to it, but they are clothed with humility. They're serving and submitted one to another. Okay, look at Psalm 145.4. This is interesting. Psalm 145.4. Now, the older person may be like not wanting change, right? They may, they may not want the, the, you know, hey, it's working. But hey, listen, there's nobody coming into your church. Your church is not growing. There's no young people in your church. It's like that that's a that's a real indicator. So the young person again is encouraged and um, you know again there there's a vision for their life but you want to raise them up carefully and do not lay hands on anyone suddenly, right? Okay, Psalm 145:4. Boy, you want to read that, please? Yes. Uh, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. One generation will praise the work of another. That's blending. That's blending, okay? Now, I've seen three generations go through our church here at Greater Grace. I've been part of this church since I was seven. So I've seen the, 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 uh, the growth of our and development of our ministry. It's amazing. It's been good. It's been not so good. <laughs> But this idea of blending takes humility. It takes like, 
It's not about my agenda. It's about transitioning to the next generation so they preserve the most important thing we have. And that's the message. If we lose the message, it's like the U.S. Olympic team that had an an incredible uh, relay racers and they dropped the baton halfway in the race and we lost the race. We excelled in every area, but we couldn't pass on the baton. What year was that? That was a few Olympics ago. You don't want that in a church. You want the you want our youth ministry to like Pastor Love, 30 years our youth pastor. He's raised up Pastor Peter Westera. Okay? Pastor Peter Westera, the one that was standing here, he was a teenager and he was a bad teenager, he says. And Pastor Love ministered to him, loved him, gave him responsibility and rebuke, of course, but raised him up in it, and now today he's leading it. It's just like a business. You want to raise your leaders from within. It's very beautiful. Okay, Psalm 71.18. This is a very interesting verse. Um, Craig, do you mind reading that? So transitions, we hold on to things loosely. Hold on to things loosely, right? We're not putting, we're not putting trips or guilt on people, right? 71.18, what does that say? Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Okay. Amazing, isn't it? Yes. What's our focus? This generation, but also the next generation. That's why we have a day school. That's why youth... If I don't have a teen ministry in my church, for instance... Or if I'm not focused on my teens, that's the future of my ministry. Mm-hmm. All right, Acts 13.36. Emmanuel, do you want to read that? Acts 13.36. So we're serving this generation. So as a leader, I am studying the people in my church so I know how to shepherd them, how to lead them, how to uh, help them grow. The young person that meets a girl, that gets married, has kids, has a job, the, the seasons of life, they're going to they're gonna stay in your church as your message and ministry to them is relevant to them. That's why Pastor Schaller always says, speak to where people live. Speak where, hit, hit them where they live, you know. Okay, 1336, what does that say? For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto the his fathers and saw corruption. Okay. He served his generation. So the young person might say, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. And that's okay. And the older person might say, they might hear the young person and might say, oh, they're being critical. Why don't you just sit there and be quiet, right? Is anybody going to grow sitting and being quiet? No. No. It doesn't mean everything you're going to be saying is going to happen, but you want to be inclusive. Because guess what? You're going to be old one day, right? Isn't that a newsflash? (laughs) I don't want to criticize my, my elders because I'm going to be there one day. That's why we're very respectful, but we're also... Uh, understanding there's years and years and years. I was talking with Pastor Shabelli 
about a church up in uh, another state that wants to affiliate with us. And I was sharing, I was excited about it. And his answers to me were not so exciting. And I was kind of thinking, like, like isn't he excited about this? He, and, and I just, the Holy Spirit said, just shut your mouth and listen to him. Because I'm like, yeah. And, he's, and he had, you know, Pastor Billy has obviously been, has been walked through these years. And, and he started to say a couple things to me. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, I didn't. Oh, wow. And it's like a whole other dimension opened up. So, again, as a young person, as a student, we're always learning. And we're not saying my way or the highway. And then vice versa. Things will change, but one thing will never change, right? The message. The, the approach may change, but the message may not uh, change. So we're learning how to celebrate and be creative. Amen? All right? Be creative. Uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, how the church worked in the 80s, how the church has worked in the, the, the 2000s, and now we're 2021. It's different. Totally. Right. The music, the music's a good example. The music typically refers to the mood of a culture. So I want to be careful what kind of music's in my church. I'm not going to have a rock concert in our church. But I also want to include the young people. I don't want to put them to sleep. Right. Uh, Daniel. Uh, I'm just thinking, Pastor Jason. Um, so we, we submit. People are supposed to submit ourselves, but also not let anyone despise us. Like, how does this work? Okay, good. So again, it's it's like an apprentice to a uh, what's the apprentice and the what's this what's the one that is re- foreman. the foreman? Yeah. So you're blending. So again, the young person comes alongside, just like just like the youth. The youth. Uh, we're going to say this in the next statement here. The youth is not. It's not all separate. The youth. The youth has to be blended with the older. They have to walk together. And it's like, it's almost like the yoke. One will carry the yoke stronger than the other. But the younger is always learning. He's always learning. He, he's sharing, but in the, in the older is also learning to receive from the younger, right? So that blending is you're learning to work together, trying new things, being very prayerful. But ultimately, the youth is learning the heart of the older person, Right? learning the the core of the ministry. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the alternative is this. Nothing changes. The youth leave the church. The church is dying out. They bring in another pastor that hasn't doesn't have any idea of the heritage or history of the church. Young people come in and they they attach themselves to something that doesn't resemble the original part of the church. And guess what? The church has changed. Hence, you see denominations that take on liberal uh, convictions and church, a conservative church then becomes a liberal church and you got some rainbow flag flying high in your, in your, on your door. That, that's an example of a church being hijacked. But you want to you celebrate the young person and bring them in and teach them and and, and pour your life into them. And again, it's not an age thing. It could, be, it could be someone 50 years old. And maybe you're leading from within and you're leading and, and promoting from within. And that's the person that's going to be 
the one that takes the baton to the next level. Yeah, Daniel. Can we say as long as the, the younger submits themselves, there's no reason for the older to despise them? That's that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Now remember, the younger is novice, like we can be novice and full of zeal, but the older can also be very wise, right? They can also be very, um, we may not understand them. I can't tell you how many times, like in my own personal life, things have moved painfully slow. And that process showed me that if it happened too quick, it, it would not have worked, right? So I submitted myself, I learned, I waited, and then God says, okay, now. And then things started to move. Yeah, Erhan. I think the, when in that kind of uh, situation, uh, it's both sides need to be humble. Yes. And uh, Amen. to each other. And the way that we are approached uh, our pastors, I think is important. Sometimes we just like that, say everything. And then, I mean, the way that we need to say, we need to explain what really we want to do it. And by praying and uh, like clearly show to him, I think he can... Pray for it and understand the better. Otherwise, uh, you will wait and you will pray that God will change His heart. Yeah. And show you something about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're. I think you're exactly right. I, I think again with transitions, it's there. It's humility. It's trust. It's like okay, this might not look the way I used to do it, but the end game is the same. You're serving your next generation. Our generation today is wealthy, they are selfish, they are entitled, they're proud, they're competent, they're competent, they're, they're, they have smarts, right? Comparatively to past generations that have been maybe poorer, maybe more needy, maybe more sickly, but you know what? You know what's crippling our generation today? Fear. Anxiety, shame, it's crippling us. It's crippling us. So our churches, we're here as a light on a hill, and our message is, that's the whole reason why our doors are open is the message, right? And to train people to take the message further, right? All right, let me show you a couple things here. Uh, I want to give a couple of points here. Uh, so this will help again in uh, blend. So we intentionally invite the older or long-term members to attend the church membership class. Okay? So let me, let me say this. Our, we don't have membership here. We have what's called Grow Deeper, and it's a time for people that are new to the church can learn about the church. I love to invite seasoned people to come and be a part of that meeting. Why? Because they get to meet people that have been in the church years and years and years and also, uh, they can relate to the new person. I'm sorry, if you've been in the church 40 years, it takes a real effort to think like a new person. It really does, because everything's familiar to us. But I'll tell you, if you don't think like a new person, you don't think like a new church planter, you will miss, I will miss what's going on in the church. Right? All right. Secondly, uh, a way to help young people connect is to include testimonies. 
in your worship service. Guess what? This generation likes to talk. They like to talk. They like to discuss. They want interaction. They want to interrupt the preacher. Yeah. I mean, that's good and bad, right? You have parameters, right? But you don't want to keep it so stuffy that everyone's choking, right? How about this? Number three, a cross-generational prayer ministry. What's that mean? We did it last night in Frederick. The first 30 minutes of our service was just prayer. Young people were praying, right? They were praying. The older people were praying. Blending, 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 okay? How about a grandparenting ministry? Number four. That's awesome. Have the grandparents lead the mother's room. Awesome. I lead the mother's room. It's really hard to find uh, volunteers for that. And someone gave me this idea years ago. Get the grandparents in there. Perfect. Run them ragged. The kids will run them ragged, and they will run them ragged. Okay. Number five, start a mentoring program. I can't tell you how important that is. But the, there's a beautiful verse, I believe it's in Titus, the, the older woman teaches the younger woman, right? Why, do, why, do, why is there so many problems in marriage? Why is there so many problems with independence? It's because the older is, the younger is not listening to the older, or the older is not in, initiating to the younger, period. It takes humility and intention. Mentoring program. Listen, you can make the same mistakes I did, waste a lot of years, or we can use wisdom and actually learn and, and try not to make the same mistake twice, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, banging your head against the wall many times, expecting a different result than a headache is a sure sign of insanity, right? Mm-hmm. How about learn? I want to learn from someone that's walked before me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How about this? Develop a multi-generational small group. We have them in our church. A multi-generational small group. Andrew leads a small group. Yvonne leads a small group. Emmanuel leads a small group. And your people that you have friends with, you're discipling them unto the pulpit, not unto yourself, but unto the pulpit. And remember, the young reach the young, typically. Now, I don't want to make that as a blanket statement because, you know, the language of love is can reach any person, right? If you're authentic and have the ministry of love and grace and truth, you're going to reach any age. And by the way, isn't it great? The young people know when you're fake. You ever notice that? Right, Pastor Amir? You've got teenagers, right? Yeah. They know when you're just faking it, right? It's great. Anybody else have teenagers here? Who else has teenagers? Oh, Nikki, you know, right? It's brutal, isn't it? They'll tell you right off. It's great. My son is eight. He's already doing it. It's great. I bribe him with chocolate. No. That's terrible. All right. Do a social ministry and serve it evangelism. 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 You can be so creative. You can hand out water bottles and wrap a little thing around your water bottle that says something about your ministry with a, with a website address. And guess what? People will drink that water and they'll say, what's that mean? You know, got Christ? You know, what's that mean? They go on their little phone and bam, they're on your website. Hand out water bottles or hand out beads or 
I love this one. Free prayer. It's great. Free prayer. <laughs> Not that we'd ever charge for prayer, but you free prayer. So someone's like, hey, I need to be prayed for. And all of a sudden you just... It's like you're not even saying anything about the gospel. You're praying for them, and it's like all of a sudden it's like, wow, I needed that today, and that's a door to the gospel. Evangelism isn't like you trap somebody and you just download 35 messages on them. <laughs> you're loving them, right? You're listening to them. You're, you know, how many times have we evangelized somebody like saying, hey, man, I love your shoes. Those are so cool. Tell me about your, or your tattoos. That's a lot of fun. You have to be careful with that one because you never know where that's going to go. But typically, there's a story behind the tattoos. Um, enlist a young leader to, to oversee the seniors' ministry. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. That's insanity. But it's awesome. That's awesome. A young person learns to sit. I remember sitting with a 90-year-old man, and... Uh, he was just telling me his story, and, I, and I, my mind was being blown like many times. I'm like, like what he'd walk through. The young person learns to be a student. And then the older person learns to share their story. Because sometimes we get old and we get cranky, and we get quiet, and we just kind of like, eh, you know? The young person's like vulnerability, right? They, they want to know uh, what's going on. I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> oh, I got funny stories, but <clears throat> yeah. You'll always be over your head, right? You'll always be there. You'll always be in a place where it's uncomfortable. The younger person may be looking for the comfortable place, but forget it. You, you, if you're looking for comfort, you're not going to grow, right? All right, number 10. Set up a family mission trip every year. This is so good. Like, we, I mean, Pastor Amir just came back from South Dakota, right? Um, we just, you know, it's amazing how our church is constant. Like, your South Dakota trip, your first one, you had 40 people, right? 37. Yeah, how many, what were the ages of that group? Uh, the youngest was uh, seven years old. The oldest was uh, 76. Okay, there you go. And I'm sure that was a dynamic trip, wasn't it? It is. <laughs> All right. And it's, it's so interesting. It's like, that's the, that's the mystery of God. Okay. Any questions? Isn't that kind of fun? It's out of the box, right? All right. Let me give you five reasons why social media can build your church. Okay. So what have we, what have we, what have we said tonight? Let's get you talking for a minute. What? What what have we said tonight? What's been our message tonight? Okay. The digital frontier. Good. Yes. With different generations within the church to keep them connected and growing forward. Be flexible with the Be flexible. Good. Don't wait for it to be perfect, right? Don't wait for it to be perfect. I mean, you want to make sure they have your heart, right? Like, it's so funny. I'll give you a personal example. My dad just turned 80, okay? And it's very different than he was when he was 70. And I can see the differences. 
And my brother and I were talking the other day, and I'm like, I miss this, and I, I wish this would. I was kind of reminiscing, and my brother just said, he's 80 years old. And I go, yeah. He goes, no, no, he's 80. And I thought to myself, okay. But putting yourself in their shoes gives you a lot of wisdom on where they are. So we might be wanting something and expecting something and the person can't give it to you anymore or they can't give it. This is why delegation and mentorship and uh, sharing responsibility is critical. Because if we're a one-man show, guess what? It won't, it won't go. All right. So social media can help build your audience. Okay, that's number one. Social media can help build your audience. We gave several examples earlier. Number two, social media can help your influence. Okay? It can help your influence. Uh, number three, social media can help you educate. They educate. Like your messages, we said earlier, record your messages. Record, do like a pastor's corner. Do five minutes in the morning where you're sharing your heart with your people. Believe me, the world is working on your people. They're working on your people. If you're not working on them, then we want to pray that the Holy Spirit's working on them. But we want to give them enough uh, material to educate them and keep them connected. Social media, number four, can help you disciple. Now, I do a podcast, and the reason why I do a podcast is, yes, to minister to the men, but number two, I do a lot of counseling. And so I use my podcast as a reiteration for what I've just spent an hour talking with somebody about. Reiteration. Don't assume they know what, you know what you're talking about. Don't assume that they've caught what you're saying, right? Number five... Social media can help you build a community. Can build a community. It's amazing. Like so many people are like, save the whales, you know, save the trees and, and all these things. But when you're in a church, maybe your ministry is feed the homeless. Maybe your ministry is help the orphanages. Like your, your cause can be very attractive to somebody that doesn't understand the true mission of the gospel. I mean, it's great to build houses and it's great to dig wells. I'm not against it. But guess what? We're here to preach the gospel and everything is pointing to that. It might take a few steps to get there. I might build a few houses. I might dig a few wells. I might hug a few trees. But I'm gonna, you're going to hear the message, right? That's my purpose. Church planting. Do you know how many percent of missions is church planting? I wish. 60? Nope. How much of missions is church planting? You're going to fall off your seat. Lower. How much? 25%. I wish. Much lower. Three. 3% of missions is church planting. What on earth are we doing? You know what I'm saying? This is why, this is what we're all about. Church planning, church planning, church, church planning. I love it. I'm going to go out church planning personally. Hopefully that's not anytime soon. Okay. All right. So social media, again, helps you develop um, your announcements, right? Like we have a great uh, conference in Clearwater tonight. 
Get 80 people in clear water. We can be, yeah, Florida. We can be there and hear the message. We can be there and help build that new church that's a year or two old. Okay, another one. Social media can help you sell your products, your church products, your books. Like Pastor Shabelli just came out with a new devotional. How many people knew that? It's a great, it's a great thing. Eight bucks. You can promote it. We have what's called Grace Publications on our website. Great booklets. How about this one? Social media can help you receive donations. In Frederick right now, 80% of our money comes in through uh, Donate Now. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy good? Get on your phone and Venmo, Google Pay, and scan your life away. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay? Um, how about this? Social media can help you minister to people when you travel. Stay in touch, like Andrew was talking about this, like raising support. So, hey, listen, I want to go to the Philippines, and, and this, is what I'm, this is my mission. This is my webpage. This is a way you can know what's going on. This is a way you can partner with me. I was talking with a guy today that he's like, I, I don't like to ask people for money. Well, don't look at it that way. You're not a beggar. You're, you're, you're wanting them to part, partner with you. Partner in the blessing. Okay? It's amazing. Let me give you a couple more. Um... How about this? Social media can help with communication. Communication, right? The, uh, we use the, inter, the interdepartmental uh, messenger. Quick chats. It's great. Keep each other in the loop. Uh, social media can help you reduce promotional expenses. We talked about that. Advertisement. It's great. Facebook. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant platform. Uh, let me just think about something here. So I'm just thinking about, we did a concert in Frederick, okay? 50 people came, but we had 300 views. There's an example, right? 300 views online, but 50 people came in person. So our online presence was greater than our in-person presence. It's awesome. It's pretty amazing. You may never see the people that are tuning on in online. You may never see them, but they're being touched by God. Big one. Here's another. This is another big one. Social media helps you get feedback. This is a big one. Questions. Many people have asked, I love your church because you have a Q&A. You can actually ask the person or the pastor the question. pastor's not running out the back door, jumping in his car and running away. There's Q&A, feedback. I can't tell you how much feedback is so important because it's very easy to miss things. And oftentimes, feedback can help us be more effective. Social media can help you convey your ministry's vision. What are we about? The homeless ministry. We're helping the homeless. How are you helping the homeless? Yes, blankets. Yes, toiletries. Yes, sleeping bags. Yes, um, hot meals. But what are we doing? We want them to know Christ. Practically and spiritually. People get behind those things, right? If it's clear, it'll it'll gain traction. 
Okay, and then of course, uh, there's many more, but this is number 15. It helps you improve ministry attendance, right? Like for instance, we just had a tour down in the Carolinas with our with our music ministry. It's like, and and I love this about about short term missions. Like we just took a trip to Texas, and um, you post pictures, you you're excited about it, you got testimonies, and and then your next trip, guess what? People have seen your they've seen your pictures, they've read your testimonies, they've seen your little promo clip, and you got double the people. You got double the people. It's awesome. All right. Yes. So that's a funny story. We had a banana boat. We rented. Okay. This is kind of a funny thing. So we found out a great way to rent a car. That There's a thing called Toro. Anybody know what T-U-R-O is? So Toro is you can rent other people's cars. Comparatively speaking to enterprise and rent a wreck and all that, which is very expensive now. Well, we rented this brand new yellow Camaro. And that car is unable to do the speed limit. I mean, the thing is a rocket. The thing was a rocket. So we're in Atlanta driving this yellow banana boat. I mean, this thing was convertible. It was a great car. So we posted a couple pictures. That car got more hits on the social media than our messages. <laughs> you bunch of heathen, though. No, <laughs> uh, but, you know, you capture the spirit of a trip in, in the promotion. So, I again, I, I want to kind of stress this in a balanced way. Like, we talked about etiquette online, but uh, you just have to be careful, right? Good things can be bad things, and it's all in the way you handle them, Amen. Does that make sense? All right, so blending. What's blending? What's blending? What did we mean by that? Bringing things together. Yeah. Generation, mix the generation, each other. Bridging the gap. Bridging the gap. Closing the gap. Closing the gap, right? Take the other person's hand and say, come with me. Come and see. I remember when I was a kid, uh, one of the first ministries I was exposed to was visitation. Okay, my parents used to go every Tuesday night. I just knew I'd sit, I was a little kid. I just knew that I would just sit in the room and the people that we visited always would give us some sort of sweets. I liked it. It was great. <laughs> I learned that visitation is what builds your church, right? You're sitting with people. You're walking through difficult times with people. You're helping them keep their perspective. But again, it's like the older brings the younger and the, the younger is willing to submit and learn. Right? And there's humility on both sides. So blending, really important, right? How many of us are looking for a younger person to, to take with us? I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but that's important. Again, Caleb's most uh, effective years, right? Give me that mountain. How old was he? How old was Caleb? 80. Right, Moses, I think uh, 40 years, from 80 to 120, this guy was full throttle. So I don't want to just say, like, I'm at the end of my life and say, oh, I'm just going to kind of just retire and ride off into the sunset. No, 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 no. No, it's like we're going to go, we're going to push hard, right? And the younger people will keep us young. And I don't want to make this an age thing, but I'm, 
But it's important that we are leading people that are younger so they learn what we've learned and blend and blend and blend. Otherwise, you know what will happen? You'll have a bunch of Q-tips in your church, no offense to that, and, there, and, the, and the church will die with you. And we're going to talk about that next week. Next week, uh, Pastor Ronaldo and pa- uh, Julius will talk about music and leading leaders. But the following class, we're going to talk about the five M's, the, the man and then the mausoleum, right? How to uh, have your church continue. The man that has a mission, the mission that turns into a movement, the movement that can turn into a monument, and the monument that, God forbid, turns into a mausoleum, right? The five M's. How to not have your ministry crystallize. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome, okay? All right, so maybe tonight, for your edification, resource O. Maybe tonight you can look at that online. Um, you can see uh, it's, it's, a, um, it's a resource from Pastor Peter Westera. I love it. It's why young people leave the church. Okay. And I, it's very provoking <laughs> because uh, it just kind of shows you how they're thinking. Okay? They love the world. They're not radical like you. They don't understand body life. They're too segregated. They want it on their terms. Right? They don't want to be like mom and dad, the poor missionary. Like, it's really, it, this is provoking. They don't deal with their doubts. The influences of the world are greater than the influences of the church. Lack of a person, personal relationship with Christ, so on and so forth. Check out those points, and that'll help us bridge the gap. Right? Because if we know where they are, we know how to talk to them, Right? Like we said this before, like a young person, like be in the moment with them, right? It's so easy to prepare. I'll meet you next week and we'll have a great talk. Guess what? Nine times out of ten, that meeting will never happen. Be in the moment with them. Maybe they're in college. How's it going in college? How's your studies going? What are some of your challenges? Tell me what you've learned. Engage them in the areas that, they are, uh, that they're in. So resource O will uh, give some excellent points on ways, again, to bridge that gap and to sit where they sit and then lead them beyond where they sit, hopefully. Amen? All right, any, any last questions? Pastor Ramirez, anything you want to say? Uh, no, sir. SA, SA number three. That's the last question. Yeah, that's the book, right? That's the book, yeah.